0: Changing the world starts with dreams, with imagining something better, something more. Imagining something that's not as miserable as what really exists, or imagining something amazing almost entirely divorced from reality gladdens the heart and makes the world a little bit better, even if only for a little while. The world tries to pound away at those dreams and replace them with boring, banal reality. Someone that dreams too big, (laughs) as if there is such a thing, hears that they need to focus on what's real, and not their fantasies. But it's just as dangerous, though, to dream too little. The world isn't just a drab mire of darkness and misery. It has hope, and love, and all the other things that the best dreams are made of. It's just a matter of finding it. And that's Changeling the Dreaming. Do you remember the times when you would play pretend as a child? Maybe you were running through the forest with your friends, playing at being soldiers approaching an enemy encampment, or explorers out looking for new undiscovered lands. Perhaps you sat yourself in your room, surrounded by your toys, playing out a complex relationship drama or performing in front of a live audience. Maybe you had an imaginary friend who would keep you company when you were lonely. Or perhaps you had a secret club with a select few friends where you discussed matters not to be heard by outsiders. Yet somewhere down the line, most of us stopped doing these things. We may replace our secret councils with boardroom meetings or attend seminars on more efficiently using Excel in our work, instead of training ourselves in sword fighting before the grand tournament. Sure, we may indulge in games and hobbies, Yet, it's in our rapidly diminishing spare time, and it rarely feels quite as real as it used to be. We may hide away our interests from our friends, colleagues, and even family because we are afraid of what they will think if they learn about it. And those precious few hours we can spare for our interests become as valuable to us as diamonds. When we find other like-minded people, we may be wary initially, wondering if they appreciate things the way we do and we are slow to let others in. We long for the simpler times as children, when a summer could feel like forever, each day a new adventure, each one a memory we often think back on fondly. In Changeling the Dreaming, the fight is not against the corrupting forces of the worm, the nihilistic madness of the Nafandi, or the political machinations of the Kindred than their Jihad. No, the fight is against growing up, against losing touch with your inner child, and against the dreariness of everyday life creeping up on you, one day at a time, until you no longer have the time or patience for these childish games. You are an ancient spirit, a fae, reborn into the body of a mortal being, in order to protect yourself against the ever-increasing banality of a dark and uncaring world. Your home, Arcadia, is no longer available to you, closed off for the last 600 or so years, and the once imaginative, glamour-creating humans around you are now boring, cynical, and empty of wonder. You must balance your mortal life with all the responsibilities that entails, while never forgetting to indulge in your fey urges. To a changeling, the autumn world that we live in is of a dual nature. Many, if not most, of the things around them will be mundane, uninteresting, yet some may be of a chimerical quality, meaning that their nature, once the mist of banality has been parted, may be radically different. An old playground could appear as a knightly castle, a toy horse instead a mighty steed, and an old lady feeding the ducks by the bridge, in fact a wizened old troll tending to her guardian beasts. Indeed, each changeling has a mortal appearance, a seeming, and the true chimerical one known as their fey mien. There are, of course, disparities between the seeming and the mien, yet there are always small signs that hint at their extraordinary nature. Such as, for example, with trolls, who will be large, yet much larger in their mien than in their seeming. A satyr would have the legs of a goat, which could translate perhaps to a desire not to wear shoes or socks. And a nasty little red capped child with iron teeth may appear to have metallic braces instead. A changeling is never born into two worlds. Rather, they are protected by their mortal shell for many years, before finally they will fully awake from their slumber, and experience an event called the Dream Dance, where they, for just a brief moment, are fully in tune with their fey nature. They recall all their past lives, grand adventures and marvelous discoveries, as they are awash in glamour. This fades, unfortunately, but remnants of these memories will serve as a source of inspiration and aspiration for the young changeling. Yet even before their dream dance, a Fay child will stand out as different. They will seek out the strange, inspiring things in the world around them, earning a reputation as being quirky and weird. And as they come closer to waking up, they will start to experience visions that hint at their true nature. It is as if the dreaming is trying to stir the face soul within, and this may alarm not only the changeling, but also those around them. Many are the stories of concerned parents bringing their hallucinating children to a psychiatrist to have them evaluated, worried that some underlying mental illness is the cause of this sudden change in behavior. The glamour released during the Dream Dance, the peak of their transition into Cuthane, will create chimeric creatures drawn from the changelings' imagination and emotions, creatures that may run rampant and threaten those around them. Thankfully, most nearby changelings will notice this sudden explosion of glamour and are taught to help their newest sibling in emerging into this world. And the glamour that they can absorb while doing so makes it a worthwhile endeavor as well. Once the dream dance passes, this reborn changeling will join her fellow Cithane in a freehold, a glamour-enhanced haven where they can socialize free of judgment and fit in more easily than the banality-ridden human world. Many changelings experience their chrysalis when they are relatively young, yet it is far from unheard of for teenagers and even adults to go through it as well. Yet the older one gets, the harder it is to reconcile with the reality of their dual natures. Some are driven to madness, as they are unable to process the sudden and horrifying changes to themselves in the area around them, and others may even be so deeply traumatized that they lock this new side of themselves away, convincing themselves that it is not real. That does not mean that there are no older changelings. In fact, there are quite a few. Yet, as time goes by, it becomes harder for the Kithane to hold on to that spark of inspiration that sustains them, and they may drift ever so slowly towards the Undoing, hoping for a new chance when they are reborn. A Changeling will, if things work out, be tutored into their new life by another, more experienced Kithane. This process is called the fostering, and it often creates a strong bond between Mentor and Pupil. Once this period is done, the new Changeling will become a full-fledged Kithane through the ritual of Seining, or Naming. This ritual will bring about the true name of the fledgling Kithane and will also, in a sense, hint at what the future may have in store for them. Banality is not a sentient force, but rather just a miasma developed by sheer opposition against creativity and imagination. It is not enough that something is uncreative, but rather that its mere presence makes the world less fascinating, more mundane. Standardized testing, broken dreams, a soul-crushing 9 to 5 jobs, these are all things that create banality, the substance that destroys all of the dreaming it comes into contact with. Expose a fey soul to too much banality and eventually they will suffer chimerical death, put into a deep slumber from which they may not be roused for quite some time, depending on the severity. Indeed, some souls may be so harrowed by banality that they become permanently undone, their souls buried so deeply behind their mortal seeming, that the dreaming cannot reach them until they are reborn again in a new body. Glamour, the opposite of banality, is the source of raw creation. It is the fevered work of an artist drinking deep from inspiration, the collected make-believe of a playground of children, or the anticipation and excitement of teenagers entering the haunted house at an amusement park. Glamour is what feeds the face side of a changeling, and it is what they use to power their cantrips, to forge new items, and to hope. In this banality-ridden world, there are few strong sources of glamour left, and they are all of them jealously guarded by the cuthane. Yet glamour is by itself not altogether good either. While it is what their fey soul thrives on, a Kithane too drunk on it may risk Bedlam, a form of glamour-induced madness that can, if sufficiently far gone, break down the very fabric of chimerical items around the unlucky Kithane into the stuff of raw chaos. Once in the throes of Bedlam, there is no known cure, and the Changeling will spend the rest of their existence unable to tell what is real, and what is a product of their fevered imagination. A changeling's mortal seeming does not always match their Fei in terms of age. Indeed, there are three stages in a fae's life that in many ways determine their outlook on life and the world around them. These are called Childling, Wilder, and Grump. A childling is young and innocent, full of playfulness and beautifully naive. A Wilder will often take what they have learned as childlings to set out on grand adventures and to seek meaning for themselves. They are explorers, both of the world and of their own natures. Finally, a grump is a changeling who has seen it all and bears the scars to show it. They may be old war veterans, the parents of a family, a lord overseeing their freehold and such. Usually a changeling progresses through these three seemings chronologically, yet there is nothing that says it must be so. An old troll Grump may find a new, worthy cause and throw themselves into it, becoming once again a wildling, for example. Their mortal bodies may age, but their famiens are different, for good and bad. Indeed, by staying in a freehold, they may even prevent this aging, too. But as the years go by, they may become more vulnerable to Bedlam, not to mention what might happen should their human friends or family start to wonder why they seemingly never age. Finally, a changeling belongs to a kith. These are different types of changelings who often find their roots in old folktales and myths. A changeling's kith affects their appearance, but it also in a sense influences the way they act. A puka, for example, is a playful changeling who has difficulty telling the truth. Certainly this may manifest in many different ways, but the core concept remains the same. Likewise, a satyr is a creature of passion and sensuality, regardless of how these traits manifest. The world of Changeling the Dreaming is, in many ways, a hopeful one, yet always tinged with a sense of dread. The autumn is coming, perhaps it is already here, and soon winter will follow, drowning all glamour, all inspiration and joy, under a thick, cold layer of banality. Yet it can, and must, be fought against, for to lose hope is to give in to the very thing you dread. This video was brought to you by my patron Edward Reed. I hope it was to your liking, and that you may never succumb to the soul-crushing banality of the world around us. Do not let the flames of your passion be subsumed.